dude, it's been an exciting few weeks, six weeks at that, as we have been talking about this great remix of God. And, and I want to tell you something today. Listen, when I have been processing this, God has revealed so many new things to me that I, I absolutely have loved. But here's the reality of it, is that what we have learned is the fact that if, if we ever sit in ourselves, sit here, and, and we think to ourselves, man, like, this is normal. Like, this is the good stuff. This is how it should be. These are the people I should hang out with. This is what it looks like. God comes in and says, nah, uh like, like, let me challenge you a little bit here. I think sometimes we get comfortable in our, in our friends group. Sometimes we get comfortable in our, in our cliques. Sometimes we get comfortable in the things that we're doing in our job and different things like that. And then all of a sudden we find ourselves in a place that, that we're just flat out comfortable. But what we have learned is that God comes in, Jesus came in and just said, no, I'm going to stir this up a little bit. We're going to do something a little bit different. And so when we go back to our very first thing that we spoke in this sermon series, is about Amina Brown, this, this great Christian speaker. And she says this, that, that she believes that Jesus is the greatest DJ of all, that he is just up there in the sky, he's got his discs playing, and he's just adding some different things into it, changing our lives up a little bit, turning this one on. And all of a sudden, all these different things start to take place. And as he shifts and moves and makes this thing, he makes something beautiful out of it just as a dj would as they are up spinning at a concert but here's the reality of it is that we also learn from week one that we need to learn to party together we need to learn to celebrate together i think one of my one of my things that just drives me nuts is we've become so ritualistic in the in the christian church that we come in and we're we're really settled we come in and we sit down really proper really nice and we always have to pray really proper with our hands folded and and people have lost the fact that you can literally pray to god while you're out mowing your yard while you're driving your car while you're walking through walmart especially walking through walmart and all these different places and we've lost track of the fact that we can talk to you regardless of where it is but just as we have seen time and time again and in week one, I loved it because in week one we dive into like this miracle. It was one of the first miracles that Jesus performed and, and we took a look at what, how Mary handles the situation. What was the situation? They're at a wedding. They're chilling at a wedding and all of a sudden they run out of wine. It's terrible. It's crazy. But Mary has the greatest response that we learn so much about. Here's the, here's the thing. She knew that there was a problem. But she also knew that there was a solution, and that solution was Jesus. I believe that too many times in our lives, I'm going to say this, man, too many times in our lives, our solution comes from something that is not of Jesus. Our solution comes from so many different places. Sometimes it's about stopping and focusing in on what it is that he has for us. The other part that Mary teaches us, which was so great, check this out. She did this. She calls her servants over, tells the servants at the wedding to come over, and, 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 and without telling them what he's going to do, without talking to Jesus any further, she just looked at them and said, do whatever he tells you to do, and Mary left. His mother left because she knew that she just had to leave it in his hands. Listen, I think too many times we sit and micromanage everything that, everything that God does in our lives. He starts to move in one way, but we don't like the way that he's moving. It's not, it's not exactly what we wanted. It's kind of uncomfortable. Maybe it's not handling the situation the way that we want it to be handled. And so we kind of micromanage it and we manipulate it and then we make it kind of our own. But by doing that, we, we're losing God in this. 
And so, so we, need to, we need to be like Mary. We need to be able to say, God, you've got this. Jesus, you have this. Now I'm going to walk away and watch how you work. I'm going to walk away and watch how you work. And I love it because we move into this week two of the remix series, and, and we see Jesus as he's just down and he's chilling by the lake. He's just like, this guy liked to hang out by the water, right? And I would too. Like, I'm, I'm right there with him. And he's out there. He's hanging by the lake. And there's this guy that's got his office by the lake. He had the lake office. And he probably had a really nice window. Probably no window. It was just a booth. But like, sweet views. And Jesus has this crowd of people that wanted to follow him. And, and they were excited about what it was that he was going to do. And, and, and they're asking him questions. And they're pushing and they're pulling to get to the front to Jesus. All of these people would love to, to be one of his close friends. They're all like, Jesus, I've got a necklace. I want you to have half of it. You're my best friend forever. But Jesus is like, no, I don't. Like, I got you guys. You guys are here. But check it out. Man, Levi's over here. And they're like, no, I hate Levi. Levi sucks. He's the biggest jerk of them all. He takes my money. He ruined my family. He did all these different things to me. And Jesus says, no, but that's the person that I want to follow me. And we learned so much from Levi that day because when Jesus goes to Levi, he, he says these words. He just says, hey, come follow me. Nothing else is spoken. He doesn't sit there. He doesn't need to convince him. I think a lot of times we believe that we need to be convinced by God to be able to follow him, especially when we're new in relationship with him. We, we need some convincing. But he doesn't convince Le Levi. He just says, hey, come follow me. Listen to me. I'm telling you this right now. If you're in a season of your life that you just feel like all oh, hell's breaking loose, that you're in the middle of a storm, Jesus is just saying this. Hey, come follow me. Let's see what I can do. Watch this. It might take a moment. It might take a minute, but check this out, man. Big things are going to take place. Transformation is going to take place because here's what happens. He calls Levi. He says, come follow me. Scripture says that Levi literally drops everything at once. Everything at once. It wasn't he dropped everything, waited a little bit, and, and then he followed him. Like, no, he, at once he dropped everything. It wasn't on Levi's time. It was on Jesus' time. Jesus said, hey, come follow me. And Levi said, yes, I'm coming. Let's go. And he had no idea. Here's this jerk that nobody liked. And he's like, yeah, I've got you, man. And he gets up and he follows Jesus. And he's so stinking excited. Go back to week one. What do we say? We need to party. And what's Levi do? He throws a party because he wants his friends. He wants his family. He wants his coworkers. He wants everybody to know who he is now following. And that is Jesus Christ. Come on now. We accept Jesus. And it's like, we're, we're just here. But man, Levi's like, he's got Jesus. He accepts that, that call to follow. And he's like, oh yeah, like, let's do this. Let's celebrate. And I want my friends and I want my family and I want everybody to know this guy because this is how you see eternity. I love it because, because the, the biggest remix I believe in all of this is the fact that the guy that nobody thought could ever do what Jesus is calling him to do, ends up changing his name to Matthew and writes the book that we preach from. Like, come on now. What is God calling you to do? Man, you might be Jeff right now, but what's he getting ready to do in your life, right? And so this is how God works. Don't limit him. Don't think that there's a, there's a point that it stops. Like he continues to take and shape and mold you into massive things. Then in week three, we jump into the series of, 
of Jesus and, and he's out preaching to the masses. Because what did we discover? We discovered that every time Jesus did something crazy, more people followed him. So all of a sudden he calls the sinner, he calls the one that nobody thinks should follow Jesus. And what happens to this group? Society tells us that if we call those people to come to the church, our church is going to shrink. Why are you calling sinners to be a part of a church? Jesus, why are you calling sinners to be a part of your group? But no, the group didn't shrink. It just continued to grow and expand, and people were flocking to see Jesus in the biggest way, so much so that, that Scripture says that 5,000 men came out. Now, we don't know if it's 5,000 men, women, and children, or if it was 5,000 men, and then you had women and children above and beyond. Who knows? But check this out. 5,000 men come. And they're chilling on this grass, this grassy knoll, and they're, they're watching Jesus preach. Could you imagine? They're watching Jesus preach, and, and they're getting hungry. They're getting restless. They want a little bit of food. They want a little bit of love, and they came to a party. Let's go. And Jesus is like, dude, watch this. And somebody brings up some fish and some loaves of bread, and he multiplies it. Let me tell you something. When you offer him the littlest, he will provide for you in the biggest of ways. I love, listen to me, I love tithing stories. I love when people tell these stories of, man, I only had $10 left in my wallet, but I felt like God needed this, and I felt like I needed to bless this person with it. And all of a sudden, that happens, and then they go home, they reach in their pocket, and they had a $100 bill in it. What in the world? Like, that, that's craziness. But that's how God works. Like, he takes these little and he just multiplies it. And he doesn't give you just enough. That's what I love about it is that time and time again we see that. He doesn't give you just enough. What's he do? He gives you an abundance. So there were leftovers. They had to figure out what to do with these fish. They had to figure out what to do with these loaves of bread. It wasn't like it was just enough for everybody. And when they finished, it was done. No, they had an abundance. Look at the wine. They had an abundance. Like when he works, he works in huge ways. And then one of my favorite stories, man, Sarah preached it, and, and here it is, like Jesus comes in and he, he raises Lazarus from the dead, right? And he comes in and does this crazy stuff, and Martha and Mary come down, they're like, hey, our brother is sick, what is going on? Please help us. And Jesus is like, yeah, got you, like, and, and then a couple days later, he shows up to be there with Lazarus, but he finds out very quickly that he died. And the fact was is that he was dead for four days at that point which in custom times said that his spirit has now left. Like, it's done, done, done. Like, there ain't nothing coming back from this. But I love it because we learn that Jesus doesn't know that word no. Like, there, there's a wall? Oh, no, that's not a wall. I can walk through that. I can knock that over. So you're going to tell me there's a tomb holding this guy back? Nah, he's sleeping. I love that. Jesus is like, he's just sleeping. Come on, what do you, what do you think he's doing? And now all of a sudden Lazarus comes out and he's resurrected, smelling terribly, I'm sure, but like this dude comes out and people celebrate because Jesus did what even Jewish custom said could not happen. And he made it happen. And then because of that, what do you do? You throw a stinking party, right? And so you got Mary, you got Martha. They're throwing this party at their house. Lazarus is chilling there. I love it because it says Lazarus is lounging by the table. Like he's just like, think about this. You just got resurrected. Like you're just chilling. You're like, yeah. Like, Jesus loves me. Like, this is crazy stuff. This is cool. What is up? And Jesus is there, and they are hanging out at the table. And uh, I absolutely love it because, because then all of a sudden we see something take place, right? And what, what happens is that Mary goes over and she takes this 
half liter of perfume and pours it all over Jesus' feet. And everybody's just like, what in the world? Like, that's, all, that's expensive stuff, man. Like, what is going on? But listen to me. Like, sometimes people aren't going to understand the things that you're doing. Sometimes people aren't going to understand the reasons and, and why you're doing things. But there's a purpose behind that. There's a purpose. And there, there's a call written on each and every one of our lives. And not everybody's going to understand that call. Not everybody's going to understand that purpose. Not everybody's going to understand what's going on because we, we see that. Even one of Jesus' closest people, even one of his closest homies here, Judas, he doesn't get it. He's upset. He's like, dude, why don't you go and, and give this to the poor people? Like, what are you doing? Like, let's sell it. Let's make some money and let's give it to them. Sounds reasonable. It's a lot of money. We figured it was about $20,000 in today's time because it was a year's wages. But I'm going to tell you this, is that don't let somebody rob your blessing. And sometimes your blessing is blessing others. Don't let somebody rob that from you because it doesn't seem right, because it doesn't seem fair, because it doesn't seem natural. Nothing sounds natural in what we're talking about here. In fact, in fact as, we, as we continue to dive through Scripture, I love it because nothing makes sense when you look at the, at the New Testament. Really, when you start to look at it and you really think about Christian values and Christian beliefs that we base ourselves on and these ritualistic things, none of this stuff makes sense because you can even go from there and Jesus knows that he's getting ready to die and he's telling all these people like, hey, this is what's getting ready to happen. And he's preaching to some guys and, and he's letting them know what's going on. And, and man, he's like, he's telling them what's getting ready to happen to him. But, but I love it because when he sits down at the table with his friends, he tells them that he's going to send his spirit and that's who's going to be there with them. I don't know about you, but I think that, that if I left today and I just said, hey, like my spirit's going to be like here, like the spirit of Richie, like you guys are going to be like, crap, like seriously, what's this guy doing? But man, Jesus left and left something even greater. Like he even said that, like this is so much greater because I'm here in the person. And if I go over here to Cana and you're over here in Galilee, we're a little bit away from each other. But check this out, dude. Like my spirit's coming and he's going to be with you when you're in Jerusalem. He's going to be with you when you're in Bethlehem. He's going to be with you when you go to Bethesda to check out those guys in the well. And all these different things are happening. And I'm going to be with you regardless of where you're at. But check it out. It wasn't for the disciples. It was for each and every one of us to this day, for our families, for our kids, for their kids, for their kids' kids. Like, the Spirit is here for us. And I love how he continues to work because I'm telling you this, I wouldn't be the person I am today if I didn't allow the Spirit to do some work within me and through me. But I'm going to keep going from there because check this out. There are things that we didn't even talk about. When you talk about the greatest remixes of all time, check it out. Number one, Jesus' birth. Come on, are you kidding me? Like, like if somebody came into this church and was like, I want you to meet my baby. Well, who's the dad? God. Like, <laughs> what about Joseph, your husband? No, 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 it's God's baby. Like, talk about a remix. And then, and then she's a virgin on top of that. Like, none of this stuff is making sense. And people were just like, what's up? But God is this God of remixes. He takes the craziest things and makes something out of it. But I think there's a lot that we can learn from that. Because I'm telling you this right now, if your life isn't getting stirred up, if it's not crazy and getting stirred up, then what in the world is going on? If you're fighting for the most normal life that you can possibly have, then you're going against literally everything that Jesus did. If you're not pushing the boundary on something, saying, man, this is what God stood for, then what are we doing? What are we doing? We need to stand for what, what Jesus has taught us. We need to stand for the way that Jesus walked and talked and breathed. We need to 
call people to be our friends, to be a part of the church that, that everybody hates. Nobody wants to be a part of it. And you might even hate them too when they get here. And you're like, man, why is this person here? But God has a plan for them. I'm telling you that. God has a plan for them. You can't put a limit on what God can do. Check it out. The biggest remix of all time is his stinking death. This guy goes down to the pits of hell for a couple days, comes back, shuts the gates. He's like, this is what it's all about. I'm defeating it so that my people can come and know me in a bigger and better way. And this is how he is. Man, he is just defying all odds. Time and time again. Remix after remix after remix. Let God come into your life. I'm telling you this right now. Listen to me. Let God come into your life right now and mix it up. Remix it up. Get out of your norm. Get out of the things that you're doing right now and let them stir you up a little bit. Because I believe truly that something beautiful, something so beautiful will come out of that. I've challenged so many people. If There's there's people that's come up and talked to me about their their service in the church. Like, I've been a Sunday school teacher for 35 years now, and I've taught the same curriculum for 35 years. Do something different. Like, God wants to work in you. Don't just stay here. Like, let them move. Let them go. Let them do something, man. Like, be open to what it is that God has for you. And so when we get ready to close this series out right now, check it out. Man, we have to be ready for the greatest remix of all time to take place the revival to happen, the revival to take place, our lives to get stirred up as we celebrate remixes happening right here in baptism because they're, they were once dead and now alive. You want to talk about a remix going from death to life. That is the biggest remix right there. And Jesus showed us and we do the exact same thing. Man, if he walked out of the grave, I'm walking too. I'm going to walk right there and step with him because this is what it's all about. And church, I'm telling you this right now, man, we need to get into a mode of partying. We need to get into a mode of knowing that God has us and we celebrate the things that he does. And as we get ready to come back in September after a week break, check it out. We are inviting people. We're telling people this is what it's all about. This is what it's all about. Watch what my God can do. It's not about coming inside of a building, but it's about being the church and going outside the building. And that's what we're getting ready to do, church. We're getting ready to do some big things. And I'm so excited. And our prayer right now, and I want you to pray this with us, is that God continues to remix even us as a church, us as a whole, us as a people, and that we don't get stagnant in the things that we do, but we continue to seek what it is that God can do and make possible even through us. Jesus, thank you so much for what it is that you continue to do, how it is that you continue to work, the things that you continue to do and the people that you continue to call. I love seeing it even when we don't believe it's possible, Father. You make the impossible possible. You take dirty, washed up people and make something beautiful out of them. You take dead bones that have been dead for thousands of years and you put life into them. Man, time and time again, you you have parted the seas. You have made a way for us to know you. And so I pray today, Jesus, that we don't take that lightly, that we pray and we focus in on what it is that you can do in this remix in life. Father, we are so excited to know you on a new level, on a different level. And Father, I pray that you continue to challenge us, to call us, to mold us, to shape us into who it is that you have called us to be. 
love you so much, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen.